We're getting into our question for the week. Today's question is a, some may say is a, a simple or may have a simple answer. But one thing I've learned, and this is a truth of life, simple things done well usually leads to excellence. Simple things done well usually leads to excellence. You know, I teach math. And I, you know, so I get into some maybe more complicated math. I get into some trigonometry and law of sine and law of cosine. But one thing I've learned is that if a student doesn't know their multiplication tables, it's really hard for them to go advance further. I'll be saying something and I might say nine times seven. Nine times seven. Okay, great. Okay, just seeing if anyone else has their multiplication tables memorized. But because y'all can do it quickly, you can listen to me a little bit more. You see, something so easy as a sheet of paper that you're memorizing and you thought, what's the point of this? Simple things done well leads to excellence. And that's my prayer. Today is it's a simple thought, but done well will lead to an excellence for us. And the simple question that I'm asking is this. What can you do to strengthen the church? You know, it says the church, the collective church, but even I want you to think personally for the, th the church that you are at, what can you do to strengthen it? You know, we have come to a time, and I've reiterated this, and I hope it goes in, but church has become a performance for a few people. I, I practice the worship said we come and sing. I think through a message you come and listen. It's not that. A church is a body of people together each with a gift. So I ask you the question very just simply and honestly. How can we, how can you, let's just get very specific. How can you strengthen the church? And my prayer is that even as you say this answer, it's a real answer for you. You're not just saying this like some theory. You know, a lot of the, it's sad we make the Bible into theory. If you think the best way you can help the church is to pray, get on your knees. If you think the best way to help the church is to to help sing, I'll come to me and say, we need, I want to sing. What can you do to strengthen the church? We'll take a minute to share, and then we'll get into the word for today. Amen. You can pray for the church. That is a beautiful way to strengthen a church. I own it. Go ahead. <laughs> strengthen us. <laughs> Ooh, let's go. You better. Somebody. Yes, come on. <laughs> Dad is like, yeah, good. I like that one. <laughs> Others, what can you do to strengthen this church? Ooh, yes. Hmm. Amen. Checking in on people. Why do you say that, you think? Hmm. Amen. Amen. So check in on each other. So try that this week. I appreciate you sharing. That's a really good one. Others. Amen. Yeah. Why do you say that? Yeah. Yeah. 
it weakens. Yeah. Amen. I mean, even Acts 2, it said... They... <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, and you know, it makes me think of Acts 2. It says they broke bread together daily. There was a dailiness of their bond that made them strong. Today, we are a church that is maybe one day of the week, maybe like Sunday. And it's like the dailiness of it was what made them strong and let people come to their group daily. It's a, they were added often and daily. There was a strength in meeting together. Yeah, Asbury, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The people just wanting to be in God's presence together. Amen. Ah, these are these are good. So you should try to push this. Invite. True too. Helps helps you stay away from sin. I think when you're with the brothers, hopefully and sisters, you're staying closer to God. Very well said. Last ones before we get into the text for today. My yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought someone was about to say. We good. You have one, Tess? Tess always has good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We love it. I appreciate your honesty and openness because I really do appreciate that. And that's the, my question. This is a question I want to ask you personally today. This is what I want you to think. And again, even if you're not here, where you're at, the job of every believer is to strengthen the body. We all have that responsibility together. We're going to look at the text to guide us because the scriptures is what guides our life. We're looking at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14. And it says, just as a body, though one has many parts. Y'all going to read with me. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And this text is what guides us to think about what do I what can I do to strengthen a body? So what do y'all see when you read this? We are many people, but one body. We have to have that perspective. And here's what I take from the text. Oh, by the way, I, uh, James last week used AI to generate pictures of the text. He did a really cool, it was really cool. If you missed his PowerPoint last week, even uh, there's the audio and the PowerPoint. You should check out both. But I, I did it for this week and look at it. It's this person is there, but you see all of these pieces. And on the right side, you see arms and legs and things like that. And I want us to think like that. Each one of us are different pieces of one body, of one body together. So here's what I take. Many should come together to form one body. Your perspective is 
we are coming together. As much as it's about you, it's about us. As much as it's about you, it's about others. It's a togetherness. And the word I put there is thinking like a family. We have lost this today. We are a family together. We are a body together. You know, I think we have lost this as society in many ways, which bleeds into the churches. You know, I think many times if you look at society, you see why the church becomes the way that it is. You look at people working. You know, 30, 40 years ago, how did someone do a job? A person would pick a job and stay at a job for how many years? Till they retired. They didn't think anything different. But things have shifted now. Now how do people think? Maybe one year at a place, two years at the most. Then I need to go over there. Then I need to go here. And then I need to go here. And Maybe I'll come back to the first place, but then I'll have way more money because if I just go internally, you're not going to get any raise. <laughs> why has this happened? You know why? Because corporations would see a person about to retire and they would fire them. So people thought, oh, they don't think about me, so guess what? I don't think about them. One of, my co one of my friends told me he works at a big company. He works at FedEx. And he said he learned this one day because he's always, he was trying to move his way up. He said the three superiors above him, the manager, the, the regional manager, and the VP were all let go within one hour. They all got an email saying, you guys, pack up your things. You have one hour to go. And they said, he said those three had brought so much sales to the company. They only talked good about the company. They had worked there for 25 years. And they were let go in one hour. So no wonder people have become about ourselves. Right? All we're thinking is me, myself, and my things. Because they're not thinking about me. But guess what the church is? We got to be different. When we look at each other, it's for each other. It's for God and He's for each other. We have to come together. The strength of this church, you know, this is why God, I think, is moving with us. I believe this. When we will come together, there's a newness of life. There's something the world hasn't seen yet, but we have to come together. And I'll tell you, we're getting glimpses of it. You know, as we've been fasting, you know, even this week, we prayed together Tuesday and Thursday. You know, as we prayed, we tried a new way of praying where we circled around one person and we laid our hands on it. And I want you to think about that as the image. We intercede for each other. The need of the person next to you is my need, right? I care about you as much as I care about myself. And you know, it was so powerful. We heard, we heard the word of God for each other. I believe there's breakthrough for each other. But it started with us just thinking about each other and connecting our life together. That's what the church is. We are putting our lives together. So I want to encourage you today. What can you do to strengthen the church? Come together. Come together so that we can become a body. As I was thinking about scripture, uh, I, well, I wanted to ask the question, how do many parts come together though? 
What a philosophical idea, huh? Many parts coming together. What does that even mean, Sam? So I ask you the question, how do many parts come together? Can y'all think of any stories in scripture? So this is the story that came to mind. So the hand of the Lord was on me. This is the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of, I'm going to, instead of saying bones, different parts. He led me back and forth and I saw a great man. I saw a great many parts on the floor of the valley, parts that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Sovereign Lord, you know. And he said, prophesy to the bones and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. We'll stop there. What do you see? That when the word of the Lord came, the parts obeyed. And this is what I want to encourage you. When God's word becomes the most important thing in your life, and we are willing to walk in that and obey that, we will come together. The problem today is we have too many other things we want to do. The priority of our life is not the word of God. Do you understand when you read this, you know, when you look throughout scripture, creation always obeys God. And they declare God's glory. The one thing that gets a choice to obey God or not is humans. And we do a bad job of it. We choose to choose our own path. And when we can say, God, what you need of my life is the most important thing. We will come together. We will be going the same direction. Many times, some people are going after God and some people are like, yeah, I like God, but... I need to take care of this thing. I need to get a little bit more money or, you know, I have this thing in my life that I need. And we're going in different directions. A body can only function when it's going one way together. You have to look inside yourself and say, is God's word and obeying God's word the priority of your life? And if it's not, we will never come together. But the second you do, you see, it's just unnaturally when they heard the voice of God, they started coming together. There's an obedience required of us. You know, and obedience is something we don't like to do in our society today. Because it's like, I have to feel something before I do something. You understand the word obedience is, it doesn't matter what you feel. I just do what you've called me to do. I'm sorry. This is not about your feelings. If he's asked you to do it, don't doubt it and just do it. We have to get back to a place of obedience. And when we do, there will be a life. There will be a strength inside of us that we impact this world. Did you see that? It said once it came to the came back together, it was like a vast army. Before that, it was just bones. And it's a dry bones. You know, dryness is the opposite of life. 
And I was thinking it as I was watching that. So many today are lifeless because we've gone away from the word of God. You got to get in. The second you say, hey, this thing matters, you open this up and says, whatever you've asked me to do, let me do it. I'll give you an example of this. You know, when my amati was later in years, there was no way any one of us could have done that by ourselves in taking care of her. It was a group effort. Together we did it. It meant during the morning, you know, I wasn't working at that time. I was studying. And I would get her cereal and play a message for her. I would heat her up some chore. And then I would give her a massage. And then she would go take a nap. And then four o'clock would come and I would make chudak some coffee for her. And then by that time, my, my role was done because five o'clock would come and my parents would come. And so I would tap in like a wrestling match. They would tap in and I would tap out. <laughs> and so they would take care of her for the evening. They would, you know, I would go do what I wanted and they would give her dinner and they would pray with her. And she would go to bed by nine o'clock. And then I would go in the same room with her. And so I would tap back in and say, okay, like, you know, I'll be with her throughout the night. And during the night, that meant some nights she would wake up confused not knowing where she was. And so I would just help her get to the bathroom. No one person can do it alone. But it was us saying together, this is what we stand for. The word of God has told us, take care of widows and orphans. Let's do this together. We have to come to terms that God has called some things of us. And I want to encourage you, you have to think, what has God called of you Obey that. That is the greatest thing that you can do for your church. So I want to ask you just a question. What are some obediences that I can put into practice? Obedience is the idea that it doesn't matter what you feel. What is God calling me to do? What is God calling me to do? And so I want you to really think about that. This is your homework for today. What is God calling of you? And I really do believe this. If we as a group can obey together, there is a power. There is a strength. There is a life. But we have to take that obedience seriously. It's not easy to do the thing God has called of you. I don't think it's easy. But it's worth it. I will say that. It's not easy, but it's worth it. One more point and I'm done. So we're going to read this um, again, verse 13. Um, for, we, for we were all baptized by one spirit. How many spirits? One. one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. That's where I'm going to be focusing for a second. This is the second point that I want to encourage you. It says we were given a spirit to drink. What does that even mean? Right? What does it mean? I know some people like to drink the spirits. <laughs> Other spirits. <laughs> Have you all heard of that? <laughs> you know, that's what they call alcohol, right? But Paul is saying, what is he saying? Drink of the one spirit. What does it mean? So the second piece of encouragement is drink of the same spirit. What's the spirit? The Holy Spirit is a very different spirit. You know, the more I live, the more I realize spirits are at work. I think we have become such a physical world, we don't realize spirits are at work, which even gets you, you know, you know why they call 
alcohol spirits. You know why they call it that? Because when you drink it, it's like something comes over you and you're not yourself. Can you agree with me? I've heard of liquid courage. People who are not courageous, what will they do? You drink and you feel courageous because something comes over you. It's a spirit. Spirits are really at work in our world. I believe that. I see this because, you know, they always talk about this. Even if you were to take certain pe people out of an organization, if certain people are still there, they're still the same byproduct. If there is anger and bitterness there, and certain people may leave that church, anger and bitterness still is there. Why? Because their spirits are at work. And what he's saying is, you have to drink of the spirit of the Holy Spirit. You daily have to partake of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, you know, it kind of ties in, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, we're going to stop there. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. So, you know, during that time, I was looking into this. You know, wine was a very weak alcoholic beverage. So, I brought a cup. And so, in order, there's no wine in it, guys, don't worry. And so, in order to get drunk, you would have to sip it throughout the day. You would have to keep sipping it for a long period of time for you to get drunk. So you think then, what is he encouraging us? For us to be filled with the Spirit, rather than keeping God to a certain time of the day, you have to be sipping of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. You have to be sipping. You know, like it says, speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. What does it mean to be sipping on the Spirit, right? It means that you're putting these good things in your mind. You're meditating on the Word. Like when you get discouraged, it's playing a Christian song because then you're partaking of the Spirit in that moment. And really, let me encourage you. You know, this last month I've been fasting and really being intentional about putting my phone away. Man, there's a closeness to God if you will, in your free time, spend with him. If when you have a few minutes, just say, let me read a text. You know, now my goal is, let me just read the Bible. If I have a few minutes of free time, I've started in Matthew and I'm going through. I want to just keep putting this inside of me. We have, we have relegated God to a certain time of the day. You know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But let me encourage you. Man, he wants to be something that we partake of constantly. And guess what? As we partake of it constantly, we become of one mind together because it's one spirit. So let me encourage you, is there any time that I can spend more with the spirit? This is my homework for you to think about. You have to think, you know, when I have a few minutes of free time, what do I partake of? Well, I, I put the word world on it. So if you get your phone out and scroll, hmm, let me compare myself with others. Oh man, they got a new house. Well, guess what? Guess what happens as you put this spirit inside of you? You're wondering why you feel so, oh, I want more things or I need to do more for myself. Why? Because that's the spirit you're ingesting. Right? You may, you know, when you're spending time talking bad about people, guess what? You'd have a negativity and bitterness towards people. 
You wonder why these things happen. It's we're sipping on it throughout the day. And he says, instead, where did it go? Sip on the spirit, right? Sip on those things that are good. Think of, think of those things that are above. What if every day you're thinking about, man, this is just a temporary place that I'm at. I'm just here for a few minutes on this earth. Guess what happens? You live differently. You don't live afraid. You live with purpose and conviction. But you have to, you, no one else determines what you sip except you. What do you do with your free time? What do you do with your free time? And I encourage you as a group, begins to sip on that spirit together throughout the day and we get drunk in the spirit. We're not drunk on negative things. We get drunk in the spirit. Ooh, we are a different group. We impact. Where we go, our neighborhoods change. Our workplaces change. And when Sunday morning comes, we can't even imagine it. I believe this. It will be a meeting ground between heaven and earth when there's a people who are filled with the Spirit. But that's a daily commitment. That's a daily commitment with us and God to say, I will focus on you. When I can go to the world, you know, so many times when we get frustrated, we go to our vices. We go to the negative things that make us feel good. So many people, hey, I just need to eat something to feel better. You know, me and Jessica were talking about one of her patients who went, they just stress eat. When you get stressed, we turn to these other things. And I want to encourage you, as hard as it is, focus in on God. When you're the most stressed, focus in on God. Go to His presence. He gives you a remedy that has no negative side effects. It's so good for you. You feel clean at the end of the day. So let me start or let me end with where I started. What can you do to strengthen the church? We have to come together. We have to tear down our walls that separate us and come together. We have a responsibility to come together. And when we do, God will do something with us. The most beautiful part of the story with Ezekiel is, you know, as those parts came together, as life began to be rebirthed, God came and breathed into it. When we come together, I believe this, there's an obedience and a submission. There's a sipping of the Spirit, but He'll fill us with a breath for a new purpose and a new calling. We are going to be an army that takes down the enemy. I want you to see that. I want you to see it as a vast army. I'm not thinking even for my life, for the life of my kids, right? If we're able to be submissive and obedient, we help their life be just a little bit easier because we were obedient to God. I look at the temptations and the world today, and if I can be obedient, just for my generation's sake, I'm going to be obedient. But when we do this together, we will take down works of the enemy. But we got to take that serious. We got to take that serious to say that he needs you to be obedient to what he's calling of you, and he needs you to sip on that spirit each day. And as you do this, I'm telling you this, God has something for us that he's planning on doing. And Jessica is going to come forward, and we're going to sing just one quick chorus to end for today. We don't have communion.
But I want us just to make a commitment. You know, a lot of these things are commitments that we're making. And I want you to make a commitment today that I want to combine with this group together. I want to commit with this group that we are a body together. Even that, let that be your starting point. I commit to this group, and if you don't even go here, feel free for your sake just to say, where I'm at, I want to commit to that group that we begin to see change. We begin to see a group coming together. And if you're making that commitment today, you know, you're signing up to say, I want to obey what God has for me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. Those are the commitments you're making if you make that commitment today. So don't enter in lightly. Don't enter into this commitment lightly, but instead pray to God and say, God, I want to make the commitment. Give me the grace. And we're going to end with the chorus. We're going to end with the chorus. But if you feel like God is asking you to make that commitment this morning, you know, one thing I want you to do is maybe even be willing to come down to the prayer mat. And I want to pray for you. You know, just like those dry bones came to life, if there's even any dryness inside of you, God is able to bring it to life this morning. But he just takes a submission and something on our part. You know, you just doing this is not magic. It's just your commitment to God to say, God, I will by your grace do my best to walk in this way.